Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Good evening. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are we on this fine Thursday? Oh, man. Feeling good. I'm feeling rested. Oh, you're nice. not feeling rested, aren't you? Yeah. Just, you hear it in my voice? Just regaling us in your nap stories. Well, I know that sometimes when I come off the road, you guys are like, oh, we can hear it in your voice, dude. Mm. <sighs> you know? That's that jet lag. You brought it up last week. You were the one that said, I'm about to pass out in the middle mm. of this podcast. <laughs> right. Right. Well, we did edit out the part where I, where right. I did. So right. you face planted on the keyboard. <laughs> yeah. We try to make you look good, Lona. Thank you. Doing the best we can over here. Yeah, it's a lot of work, I guess. <laughs> How but you, you got a doing? nap today, huh? Uh, it, was, it was actually sat, uh, earlier in the weekend, yeah. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it was uh, one of those, like a restart, like okay. a reboot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like yeah. renewal and restful and all that fun stuff. Yeah, you know, so... Uh, yeah, it was it, it was chill. I went to Amoeba Records. I had a gift certificate. Mm. Oh, nice. nice. Uh, that was that was a fun day. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I, I sort of I knew I had some time, so I was like, I'm gonna do this right. You know, I'm gonna go through and not Hell feel yeah. any rush. You know, I'm just gonna go through. The, it's a mega store. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever Mm-mm. mega record store with all kinds of. But you know, the thing is that I'm looking around and I'm kind of. I've got this gift certificate burning a hole in my pocket. I'm sure. like, man, if I, if I see like it. an original pressing of something rad that I grew up with, I'm going for it, man. I, I, no holds barred. This is all, yeah. all going into one purchase. <laughs> Maybe, you know? Yeah. Um, but I couldn't find anything like that. And oh. I, realized, I realized that I think that all the cool has been bought already. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah, it's all available on eBay. Yeah. yeah, so there's a lot. There's still a lot of really cool stuff. And I ended up getting... I don't usually get reissues, but I actually did get a lot of uh, newer vinyl. Okay. Um, I you actually got to, to write home about. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh man, yeah. I listened to it all this weekend. It was great. I, uh, one thing that was notable is I got the White Pony 20th anniversary. Mm. The oh, Def- there you go. Deftones. Yeah. Uh, which also had Black Stallion, all those remixes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Yeah. So that that was fun to check out, and the packaging is incredible. Yeah. Um, nice. So there was that. Uh, there's a an album by a guy named Eugene McDaniel's called "Headless Heroes of the Apocalypse" that mm. I will have to share with you guys on a different episode. I think um, so. Yeah, it's very cool. Like, uh, kind of fits in the rare groove section of uh, music history. Kind of right. um, right. stuff that we gets like sampled that. a lot. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. The BC Boys sampled it. You'd recognize it instantly. Excellent. Um, I also got uh, I got a Wayne Shorter album called The All-Seeing Eye. I was cool. like, I don't think they've had time to jack this up yet. Yeah. Because he, he'd been, they announced his death like 24 hours before. We'll get to that later. Rest yeah. Piece. yeah. Oh, I got a KG, the King Gizzard album. Mm. Oh, all right. Um, cool. And there was a few others. Yeah, I kind of went hard. <laughs> I had a big, big old basket at the end, and I was like, mm, I could just get everything. You know, sometimes I like, I like yeah. I'm like, okay, Repay well, this is Carol, okay. why not? Yeah. Yeah. After all, why not? Why shouldn't I keep them all? <laughs> um, I also got a book that a I've been book? meaning to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they have they have books there. <laughs> so I got uh, the pile of vinyl. A yeah, book yeah. snuck in. A book. A book snuck in is one that I actually been meaning to get for a while. Scar tissue. The Anthony Kiedis. Oh, oh nice. Bio, a biography. I don't know if you guys have ever read that. No, I have not. But I've been meaning to. It's on my list. It's on yeah, my man. wish list on Audible. It's, I'm 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 burning through it. Is it Can't good? put it down. Can't put it down. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. It's really cool. good. I mean, it's, you know, you could sort of imagine what a lot of it is. But sure. Yeah. <laughs> stories from crazy, crazy stories from LA. Yeah. It's a lot. It's real it's well written, you know, because I mean, I, I guess it's he worked on he worked with a with a guy on it and um it's very well it's very, it flows really well. Cool. Nice. You know, nice. it's um it's written in his voice, but you can tell that someone put it together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the fl- it's the flea uh, memoirs that I really want to get into because I've, yeah. I've heard a couple clips of those, mm-hmm. and they just sound crazy. Like it sounds a yeah. little bit more abstract than what what Kiedis would probably. Well, Kiedis actually wrote about the Chili Peppers, and I heard in the Flea one he doesn't. It, oh, really? He basically, okay. writes about everything that leads, and then it like, leads up to it. Yeah, it leads up. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert! I think he's like. And then that's the day I met Anthony, and it's like, and then that's the end of the book. <laughs> yeah. Like, nice. yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Acid wow. for the children, right? Yes. Yeah. But so nice. anyway, yeah. I, I'm I'm way behind it. It's uh, but it's it, it's it's cool to read, and you know, it's inspiring in some ways. In other ways, you're just like, God, what a terrible this this guy is like the biggest idiot of all time. You know. Oh. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, it's it's you know. All right. He, well, he then puts we, it in we the have book. some hunches confermed. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you know, it is it, it's 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 wild, and you also kind of we talk about these musicians, and, and like, oh, this guy's terrible. But then you don't really know like what he went through, sure, as a child, mm-hmm. and you're just and you're like, wow, it's amazing this guy even survived into you know past fifteen, mm-hmm. like absolutely, yeah, because so many other people wouldn't. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I um, I love I love musician biographies. It's yeah. like my favorite genre of, yeah. of book. It's a just good in one. general because it just informs so much about what they create. Yeah, yeah, for good and Dude. bad. It, it's just so informative to me. There's countless stories in there, but I'd like to share just one quick little one if you oh, don't yeah. mind. That so he, um, his dad was kind of a Sunset Strip guy, just out partying all the time, knew everybody, and he wanted Anthony to go to a nice school. He was tight with Sonny Bono. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, they and Sonny was like, "Yeah, you can use my address for Anthony to go to school. I love Anthony." And he like took him under his wing as like a little as a buddy. And he was divorced from Cher at this time. But one night, apparently, Cher agreed to babysit Anthony. Oh, <laughs> He's like twelve. Uh-huh. And then they like ended up talking, and he ended up like fall like falling asleep in her bed with her. But at one point, she was like, "I just need to use the bathroom," and like went, like went and like changed and he could like see her changing like you know, like naked share in like the six the seventies or whatever. Right, right. And he's just right. like he's like, yeah, this wow. is pretty nice. You know? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just like thanks, what? Dad. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dad. But they need some rules. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but just like a little you're like, what? Oh, no wonder. Yeah, but I mean that's not one of those stories that makes you go like, yeah. oh he, yeah. It's amazing yeah. his kid's alive. But it's a, it is one of those stories that makes you go, wow. That wasn't my childhood. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no. So no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was my trip to Amoeba. I got a bunch of stuff. <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. I'm probably forgetting one or two, but uh, they'll come up. All right. Now I need to hear from you guys. Jay, you first. Boy, I had the weekend of all weekends. Let uh, me tell did you. you now. Yes. Yes. On Saturday. Okay. I went and hung out with my parents Whoa. in Waynesboro. Nice. Yes. Awesome. The, okay. the borough of Waynesboro? The wor- the this borough is, of Waynesboro, yes. This is like this is outside of Chambersburg where where uh where Winton was, right? Within right. thirty miles of Chambersburg mm. where Winton once was, yes. Mm-hmm. 
Waynesboro. <laughs> Home of John, wait, Wayne, John Wayne something. John, John Wayne something. I don't know. Whoever Waynesboro is named after. That was Saturday. That was a lot of fun. And then Sunday, boy, let me tell you, I went to the grocery store. Really? And then I was, I was actually, it was supposed to be a good day. I was supposed to hang out with Janine Wilson uh, in the afternoon and write some songs together, but she was not feeling well, so she canceled. So hmm. I ended up Free playing uh, FIFA for the entire afternoon. Nice. Which was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but it was that a bit of fun. a slow afternoon. All right. Bit of, a, bit of a slow Sunday for me. But, but at the same time, I'm sure it was a Newcastle redemption story. Oh, my God. I just played Manchester United over and over and over again. <laughs> you know, I got to say. This is so ridiculous. Now that I'm tracking this a little bit, I, so the Manchester United, they had, they had themselves quite a match against Liverpool, didn't they? Boy, they sure did. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Before, <laughs> before I was supposed to go over Janine's, I watched Liverpool kicked the crap out of Manchester United 7-0, which yeah. was really, really satisfying to watch. Mm. So yeah, I did have nothing. a good weekend, after all. Mm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but now that I'm tracking this stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate you not mentioning that Newcastle lost to Man City 2-0. Oh. On Saturday. There was, that. was that. Did that happen? But anywho, <clears throat> Nick. Hey. But good. I appreciate uh, you keeping up on things, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a little more time now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nick, go ahead. I'm fine. I'm good. Uh, good weekend with the boys. I'm also knee-deep in a, in a bio, um, uh, 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 yeah, biography. Uh, the Miles book that you guys have been talking about for oh, a few years. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, oh, hell yeah. That's uh, a, I mean, that's one of the best, man. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Really sucks are you, you in, too. Are you listening to it on Audible? By yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, the actor that does the, yeah, the narrative is, does it in his voice. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's talking like this the whole time. Yeah, talking like this. The whole time. And it is—you really get sucked in. It's great. It's, dude. it's wild. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. no, I remember. I remember reading that when I was supposed to be uh, finishing my math classes <laughs> in, in college, and I just couldn't yeah. put it down. I was like, it's real, "I've got this huge test tomorrow, but I just—I gotta hear what happens." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? it's so cool. It really is. Great, great. So uh, yeah, cool. so I'm doing well. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that, man. Thank you. Boys, we got a big show. It's huge. This preamble this may not allude to it, but we actually got a lot of stuff to cover, so I say we get into it. What do you think? Indeed. Indeed. Yes, that's right. You are tuned in to You Should Check It Out, coming at you every single Thursday since 2018. Can you believe it, guys? We have not oh. missed a Thursday. Uh, we did the. Did we miss one? We did a well, clip show. We did a clip show. That was once. a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It felt like more work. It really did. <laughs> That's true. But okay, coming at you every single Thursday, but sure. one yeah, since yeah, yeah. 2018. <laughs> this is you should check it out. This is mm-hmm. episode 187, and my name is Jay. I'm Nick, and I'm Greg. And man, like I said, we have an awesome show for you tonight. Nick is. First, he is going to be talking about Ticketmaster and ticket prices and uh, ways to alleviate said... We'll see. We'll see. We're we'll gonna, see. We, we may solve the problems. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Oh, I uh, Greg's, so. Greg's coming up next. He's going to be talking about a uh, dearly departed uh, recent master um, mm. that uh, we've all been feeling and um, sad about over the last week. And I'm going to be following things up 
with uh, talking about another dearly, dearly departed master mm. that we've been feeling and been sad about for the past week. Whoa. And then I'm going to try to lighten things up a little bit right towards on. the end. But, I hope uh, so. Let's, let's, let's see if we can get there. Okay. Uh, Nick, I feel like I should be talking up. about a forgotten master or a lost master, but... I'll stick with my topic. I'll stick with my I topic. don't want an all bereavement episode. You know what? Let's palate cleanser. Let's go ahead and so, some music. Music. Yes. Music. I have been I have been um slowly working through uh in chronological order Billy Cobham's um discography. And oh. I hit I hit his fourth album, which is Were called you sure? Total Eclipse. <laughs> You sure did. Yeah. <laughs> you came I, running in to, to band rehearsal last Thursday. You came mm. running in here. You're like, you guys got to listen to this song. This, what, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? This sounds like this. Don't, I mean, you were fired up. You were yeah. ready to go. It was, hey, was it a good practice? It was. It was. Right. Absolutely. Darn right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is, uh, this is the opening track from his album, Total Eclipse. It's called Solarization. It's in four parts. And I think the part that I've selected is from uh, Voyage. Let's let's give this a listen. This is crazy. It's like that for 10 minutes. It's just, it's <laughs> Jeez. absolutely insane. And the hits are so freaking tight. So this album features like mostly uh, tracks that, that he wrote, but he had uh, Michael Brecker and Randy Brecker come on the album. Oh, yeah. um, uh, the John Brecker Brothers. A yeah, the Brecker Brothers. John Abercrombie um, oh, yeah. um, on guitar. Alex Blake on uh, bass. He's listed as playing piano, drums, uh, hand percussion, um, but um, so initially, and I and I was I was driving down the road listening to this song, and I never heard this song the first time I heard it, and yes, very, very excited, um, and I just I was like, okay, keep you know drive focus. I wanted to send it to you guys. Not going to do that. Not going to text, but I did go ahead and look it up, and I saw that he was credited with all these instruments. I was like, what is it? What is he overdubbing? Like, what the heck's going on? But that was all incorrect. Um, it, okay. was, it was basically tracked in the studio and crazy cool album. So I'm going to continue my Billy Billy Coburn kick and nice. and uh, I'll, I'll uh, yeah I'll probably end up doing a segment about him at some point. But 
my uh, my throat's a little sore because I think I might be coming down with something, but I'm gonna oh, power no. through it. So um, it's okay. Came well, don't across, give it to us. I, that's the plan. That's the plan. Uh, came across <coughs> a, a pitchfork. <coughs> Shut up, mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, Nick. You got me sick, you bastard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Came across a pitchfork <laughs> article that whose title was was it. It begged to be covered, even if the, the content was uh, did not live up to the title. Uh, the title mm-hmm. is Six Ways to <gasps> Fix the Broken Concert Ticketing System. Ooh. Yes, Pitchfork has released the definitive ways, six ways that, that the concerting tickets ticketing system can be Woo. can be repaired. Thank so you, Pitchfork. I thought, I thought, why don't we go through the six ways? Okay. And then, then I got a little question. We'll do this pretty quick. Okay. Um, so, okay, number one, first way to, to, uh, to, to repair all that is broken with the, the ticketing concert Wait, system. Wait, are you saying something's broken with the way tickets are sold these days? I don't... Hmm. Well, I, you know, that is a good question. This is, this is coming, off the, uh, coming off the Taylor Swift debacle, right? Of course. Right. Uh, Who else? So the first one that they suggest, which is apparently something that Ticketmaster has just done with Beyonce's tour, is to stagger the pre-sales for big tours. Hmm. That makes sense. Stagger the stagger the ticket prices, or stagger the basically stagger the rollout. So, so instead of got, having an entire American tour go on sale the same day, yep, you have the later shows go on sale later. Right. Brilliant. Just, just stagger them. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Sounds you could good. stagger them. You could stagger them in a bunch of different ways, though, too, couldn't you? You could also stagger, stagger the release for the same concert, technically. Right. Like like different sections. Yeah. Yeah. So would that sure be annoying, or would that be cool? I don't really buy tickets to big concerts like that, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you just go I, with, I only go if go, I'm invited. You go with a buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> makes sense. That makes sense. He gets free tickets to big well, concerts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he's not going with Roger Waters, he's not going. The artist Look, finds man. out that he's in the area, and of course he's, he's invited to come. <laughs> Look. I'm just saying, <laughs> these uh, these big shows. I, I honestly haven't bought a ticket for a long time, and it's not because of any other reason besides a they're they're usually too expensive, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and and I don't like dealing with Ticketmaster, and I don't yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> well, I think we're okay. all in the same boat there. I mean, have any yeah. of us gone to like a huge massive blowout that's, concert? That's what I'm saying. It's not. I'm not the only one here. Yeah. No, 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 you're um, not. You're not. Especially these, yeah, especially these, these the ones that they're refer, referring to, like Beyonce yeah. and Taylor Swift. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to that no. point, Greg, number two, mm. abolish surprise fees. Hmm. That would be nice. So ticket price is the ticket price. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's, I don't see seems... anybody that wouldn't get behind that idea. Okay. Except for Ticketmaster. What about this one? You think this is you think this one's doable? Number I'm gonna i I'm gonna skip number three for a moment. We're gonna go to number okay. four. Keep resellers in check. And what they mean by that is basically ban scalping. Well, why haven't they done that already? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. if you think about it, like you buy, you buy, Jay, you and I encounter this all the time. You'll buy two tickets. Uh-huh. You'll transfer one to me. Yeah. That's it's very, different than Ticketmaster does make it very easy to do. And, to, and it's easy to transfer. And, and is that a feature you'd want to lose? Like what, but, making it more difficult to transfer? Because essentially. But you not, didn't transfer it to him for more money. No, Correct. but that transaction could have occurred. The, the ticketing system is not aware of the transaction oh. that occurred necessarily. Gotcha. So if, if, it's, if it's that easy to transfer a ticket, wouldn't that essentially just move scalping But I think that they could sites? do a better job of like making sure that the tickets are going to actual people and not bots. Do you know what I mean? Like 
Could they do a better job of verifying the people that are behind the app that are transferring tickets? They could, but I mean, if, if you, if it's that easy to transfer a ticket, I'm going to go, I mean, I, I'll go ahead and set up a, a ticketing site in, in some other country on, on a server in some other countries just to enable this to occur because people will want to buy the tickets that didn't get a chance to buy the tickets because it's sold out. And if it's easy to transfer it to them, then we'll figure out a way to do the commerce. It seems like you'd have to lock the transfer down. And they basically, th th this within the context of this article, they said, yeah, well, we even have an idea for that. You basically, you allow same price transactions, but you have to, you basically have to lock down transferring. So no transferring of tickets. Transferring of tickets could be, you would have to, it would have to be coordinated through some sort of like system that also tracked whether or not money was assigned to that transfer. You know, if it meant that it cut down on bots and it meant that I had to print out a ticket, I don't know, call me a boomer, but I'd be okay with that. I would love to get tickets, physical tickets <laughs> Well, of course, again. I, that, that's, that age is dead and gone. Hey, okay. listen, man. You if you're not going to see Wynn Marsalis in Chambersburg, you're not getting a paper ticket. <laughs> yeah. don't, you want, don't you want trees? <laughs> that's right, Greg. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> We're wasting a lot of paper that way. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Good point. Good point. Save the trees. No more, no, no ticket printing. But that okay. is, isn't, but isn't that part of it though? That, that I mean, isn't that something that would come sure. up? Sure. Well, yeah, as, and the cost an of postage and like it gets lost in the mail and that's a pain in the butt and oh yeah, and, and gas to 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 drive the tickets to your house and mm -hmm. sure, you know. yeah, carbon footprint, all that. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. I, right. I'm. It's not what I'm saying, but that's what someone else is saying. I'm just rehashing it in a way that to, to as a counter. But why not limit for the sake of the discussion? Like, why not limit? Ticket purchases per user. Ah, like is there any, is there any legitimate then, reason for I mean, a person to why, buy twelve tickets to anything? That's why I mean, but that's why honestly, that's why there's so if there's a few million tickets that are going on sale. I mean, they've they've pre-registered you know five hundred accounts to buy the maximum three ticket. Like this has been done setting a cap on the number of tickets you can buy. That's true. Right? I mean, th there's, they'll, they'll work a way around it. It, it does seem like, it, they don't mention this explicitly in this article, but it is kind of one of those things where it's like, well, you know, the blockchain does fix this. Like, hmm. you got it, you transfer it, there's a record of the transaction that occurred that shows this transfer, and now it exists in your wallet. Like, the technology exists. But how would that stop bots? If the only original tickets were were sold through a specific like vendor, and then could only be transferred through uh, like a legitimate transaction that somehow had again the technology that would power it would be blockchain. You could then have price enforcement on top of that, so that you can't charge more for the original ticket than the you can't charge more for the ticket than the original ticket price. Sir, you were just you were debunking my argument with a bunch of things that guys will find a way around it. I just. Sounds to me like the same case. People will okay. find their way around. All right. Also, okay, the so. blockchain, you know, that's hurts the environment, you know. <laughs> no, no, this time. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Not as much as printed tickets, right? <laughs> I don't I know. I mean, what you're talking about is Bitcoin mining. The blockchain does oh, not hurt the environment. That's true. Okay, the servers sorry. that Crypto countries have set up to mine Bitcoins, that's hurting right, the right, environment. Right. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's all the same thing. <laughs> no, it's not. No, have I, you guys no, ever no, thought I, about I, how much power I'm, it I'm, takes to. How much energy it takes to power a Bruce Springsteen concert? I mean, how yeah. many seals have to? Can die? you just play acoustic? <laughs> right. That's it. In living room concerts. That's that's the way we fix everything. 
Just, uh, just so everybody understands, I'm, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, I'm not actually I behind these. I think, that would, I think uh, that's sorry. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay. Um, All right, so four is completely out of the water. That's not going to work. I don't know. That one does seem tough to me. Okay, number five. Give artists a choice on dynamic pricing. Do we think dynamic pricing is a pain in the butt? Has like the, the crazy cost of tickets soured people's experience in, in buying tickets because yeah, it has escalates with demand? To me, it I, has. I can't get behind Bruce this Springsteen's one. playing in Baltimore. I'm not even going to try to get tickets. Do you think yeah, Bruce that, would choose not to use dynamic pricing? No, he explicitly chose to use dynamic pricing. That's a whole like like story that I was going to cover. That okay. like like his fans are up in arms about him, and he doubled oh, yeah. down. He had this whole interview with Rolling Stone where he doubled down on like I'm finally going to get paid. <laughs> like, I'm sick of this these, these prices are what people are paying for his tickets. It's just the money's going to scalpers, and with dynamic pricing, the artist gets the money. I just I. I mean, I, I think I don't. I don't have an issue with giving artists a choice on dynamic pricing. That's fine, but I also, as like, I, if as the artist, I can sell tickets for eighty dollars, and then every single freaking time I do it, I see my tickets being sold for thousands of dollars on some other website. Right. So people that are coming to my concert are paying thousands of dollars for a ticket, and right. that money is not but, going to me. Yeah. Right. Right. I can understand how that would be frustrating. Some dude that is that ran some server uh, that has a bot farm that got these tickets for 80 bucks and resold them for right but, but at that point you're aren't you kind of playing into the scalpers plan you know what I mean like no I mean, but th this is like to me that's kind of like economics it's like okay you're either going to have more tours right we, 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 yeah. we talked this through and this this is happening now where artists are booking a, a venue it's selling out so they're booking additional nights and some of them even uh, staying for like a, like what was the somebody just recently sold a week's week at, sold Madison Square Garden out for a week or something like that. Uh -huh. Well, um, that's the, the few artists have been doing residencies there. Billy Joel and okay, Harry Styles. Sure. So I don't know. It's if that's what the demand is. For Nobody the tickets, should be paying thousands of dollars for a, a, a ticket, regardless whether it's to the artist or to scalpers. In my opinion. So. Okay, so yeah. you would set a cap. As the artist, you would say, I, I want dynamic pricing, but with a cap? I don't know what the solution is, but I just feel like thousands of dollars like that for a concert is just wrong. There's something wrong about that. So yeah, maybe I, a cap Maybe maybe a cap would be the way to go. Depends. I, 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 I feel your sentiment, Greg, but yeah, all of this leads me to believe that there's going to be like this upper echelon of like performers that no normal person's going to get to go see anymore mm -hmm. right unless you get incredibly lucky and win something in from like a radio station mm -hmm. you know a promotion mm -hmm. from a radio yeah. station and then there's yeah, going to be all the other artists that people might get to go see yeah you know the, like king the, gizzard the dc punk in me is like screaming like no oh like, dude i'm <laughs> you know, totally you with know. you like yeah i'm yeah. totally with you um, I, just, I mean you know speaking of king gizzard I got tickets from Kaz for Christmas, and I don't know how much they were uh, to see them at Hollywood Bowl. They're nice. not cheap, mm. you know what I mean. And, and so it's yeah, it is. Uh, When's that? That's just show? the reality, huh? When's that show? June. Nice, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't wait to hear I, about that. For, for the longest time, I didn't want to even bring it up because I didn't know if I was going to be able to go because of touring plans <gasps> on my so end. So Nick. Nick, let so, me ask anyway. you. You're the yeah. one who always crouches behind this. Well, it's just capitalism. That's just the way things are, man. Like, sure. are you just asking people to just throw money away? Like, what? Do you have any solutions? Do you think this is a problem? Do you think it's an I, issue? I, that's my question. Is the is is the system broken? So, the number three that I skipped. 
which is, I think, the one that has the most validity. No, I'm asking you if you think there's a problem. Do you think there's a problem? I think there is a problem with the fact that Ticket, Ticketmaster and Live Nation are a single entity mm-hmm. and have, and that the primary stockholder in this company is a guy who owns iHeartMedia, who owns, uh, oh, what the heck is the, John, John, what's his name? John Malone. He's also the largest stake stake in Liberty Media, which owns Sirius XM, Hmm. Pandora, Stitcher, and they recently sold their majority share in iHeartMedia, but they're still a minority stockholder. So I think there's way too much consolidation at the top, and I think, and and the last idea uh, that was presented is the other one that I thought had merit, and it's not titled well, but it says, remember the Bandcamp model, and that small can be beautiful. I do think... Mm -hmm. I do think there has been a significant lack of innovation in this space, yeah. um, and there's been no need to innovate because they absolutely dominate the entire space, and they don't need to do anything different because you have to go through them, and their technology can suck, and it can be the same t- technology we used 20 years ago just on faster servers, but not fundamentally any better. And yeah, I, th- I, think, I think there's been times in history where music aside, like it's just a certain industry gets completely consolidated and doesn't move forward and it either gets busted up or something comes in and just totally takes it over the the, complica- the complication of a live music ecosystem where you've got the venues and you've got the people to staff the venues and you've got all of the gear that needs to it's just too big for like a small disruptor to come in and just make some little tweak idea that changes everything yeah. um because nobody wants to go see virtual concerts and that's like the space where you can where, where people have tried to come up with novel ideas. So, so I, I, I'm not, I'm, there is a part of me that's like, hey, if I'm an artist and, and, if, the t- and if people wanna pay more, because the demand to come and see me as the artist is so high and I'm trying to tour as much as I can, but I'm also trying to have a life. And there's people out there that whether I am selling the ticket right now today, whether I, I can sell the ticket and try to be fair and sell it for a hundred bucks for everybody. But again, if I'm then looking every time I'm gonna go do a show and hearing, that you know, in this town we're about to go into, the average ticket price was eight hundred dollars. That's infuriating. It's infuriating these people that I, you know, I, I wanted everybody to be able to do it for hundred bucks, and and they're paying eight hundred bucks. At a certain point, I I think I would join Bruce and say and just toss my hands up and say, you know what, I would I would rather take that money than than have that go to to scalpers. And is should there be a better system? Hell yeah, there should. But I'm working within the system that I've that I've been handed. Yeah. So. <sighs> Is there a problem? I, I mean, that sounds like a problem to me. I mean, look, here, let me tell you, let me point something out here. I'm in the business of <laughs> playing in a tribute band. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been, the whole climate has shifted over the last five, ten years in that space. And you got to wonder if, that, if Ticketmaster doesn't have something to do with that. Shifted how? It's grown tremendously. Mm-hmm. Because people just don't want to put up with the... Uh, you know, the hassle. In fact, my buddy, this is kind of a singular anecdote, but my buddy was just telling me about it when he bought tool tickets. And he was like trying to click on the link, click on the link, click on the link, and then nothing was working. And then three days later, and he was like, I get this email, your tickets are here. And he only tried to get two, but he had four. Crap. And I you know, paid for and, four, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and so he was like, it was a nightmare. To, you know what I mean? Like now I'm trying to get rid of tool tickets. You know what I mean? Like... I don't, he didn't even like enjoy the show, mm. you know. I mean, I, I guess he enjoyed the show, but Jesus, I mean, everything else. Yeah, the around stress it was of all crap was 
Yeah. You know? So it, it is it is a broken system because, oh, and I saw Tool in 2000. I It was not that hard, and I went and had a great time, and I was only 18. I did it all by myself. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe no, we without should, the internet. Maybe you know, or, or maybe look- with, yeah, sorry. No, I, 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 that's Without all- an app. <laughs> I, I, I definitely agree with all that. I mean, and I, I guess maybe we're looking at this from the wrong lens because we're talking about these massive tours tool mm-hmm. billy joel bruce springsteen taylor, taylor swift, swift beyonce yeah. think about very style how many concerts did you and i personally go to last year nick what three four four i didn't least. pay more than 50 or 60 dollars per ticket for any of those shows and it wasn't right. a hassle to get any of the, any of those tickets mm-hmm. and they were bands that i really wanted to go see so maybe right. it's not as big of an issue as we're making it out to be. Maybe was it it's only with these like, I'm sure ticket. Yeah, it was definitely Ticketmaster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking uh, Billy Strings, mm-hmm. King Gizzard. Mm-hmm. What was the venues? It doesn't like that. That's the anthem. anthem. The, 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 ar- anthem. the artist doesn't matter. Ramsey. The, the, the anthem. Anthem. Anthem, anthem. Anthem isn't Ticketmaster. I think it, it was for these two shows. It was for Are these you, two shows. Uh, really? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, the whole they I, run, they run by transfer the tickets to Nick through. Double check that because there the anthem is run by IMP, which is an intern. In, it's supposed to be an independent uh, music. Uh, I bought and transferred the tickets through Ticketmaster to Nick. Okay, maybe I did anthem. the wrong thing, and I'll, you know I'll take my looks for that. But because I because th- that that company own. Uh, Where do we see Gizzard Anthem? The anthem, yeah. Are you sure? I mean, here's Billy Strings. That was definitely the anthem. Okay, um, gotcha. and here is. Gizzard. Okay. So, yeah. These are all Ticketmaster. These are all Ticketmasters that I'm holding up from my wallet. No, I, did, I, I, I guess because it was not his 930 Club Ticketmaster. Maybe we saw uh, Jason Isbell at uh, Meriwether Post. Mm-hmm. Was we that saw, Ticketmaster as well? That that's Ticketmaster. all the same company. Yeah. Uh, that IMP owns all that. Uh, they run all those venues. Yep. There's gotcha. Isbell and Misty. And so, like, for the artists that I want to really want to go see... Like, I would love to go see Springsteen again. I'd love to go see the Rolling Stones again, but that's kind of like pie-in-the-sky stuff. For the artists I really want to go see, it's not a, not as big of an issue. And maybe, we're, mm-hmm. maybe we're all making a big deal out of this for nothing. I, I think to, to the biggest artists, I think the problem is glaring. I think for the smaller artists, I, I sure would love for, those, <clears throat> for the quote-unquote surprise fees to go away. Um, yeah. But generally speaking, I felt like the article... I felt like it was just, you know, again, just another another revamp. I think they had had an interview with uh, an industry expert who definitely was not going to say anything bad about Ticketmaster and Live Nation, but did make a point that that uh, that they are pretty darn big and 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 maybe, maybe that's a problem to some people and maybe that's something that people have to look into. But he's fine with how things are. <laughs> what well, I don't know. Just something I, to keep in mind, as you know, is that like it's IMP. Which is Meriwether Nine Thirty mm-hmm. Club Anthem. Mm-hmm. They're still an independent promoter, but I guess right. they do they they do for ticket fulfillment through Ticketmaster. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and Jay, honestly, that that was my question: is it, how much of a problem is this? Because this is just people being ticked off because they got they couldn't get their Tay tickets, and so the you know uh, yeah, Taylor, it, it never occurred to me until like fifteen minutes ago that maybe this you know we talk about it a lot, and I do think it's an issue because I want to go see Bruce Springsteen, and I'm not going to pay five thousand dollars to go see him. But honestly, every time I've wanted, really wanted to go see an artist locally, I've been able to. It hasn't mm-hmm. been right gratuitously expensive, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and then if they if they sell out super fast, usually they try to add another night. 
Yeah. But I guess some of the things we talk about, like specifically the Bruce thing, and then I'm good. Uh, specifically the Bruce thing, it just feels like a supply and demand thing. Like there's just not going to be, there's too many people that would love the chance to see Bruce Springsteen that have enough income to, to throw at that, at, that, at that chance that it's going to make prices for tickets expensive. And I think you're right. I think you're right. I don't know way around that. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> that, uh, if you want to go see a really good boomer rock band yeah. or Tay-Tay or Beyonce, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Everything else, you know, might be a little bit more expensive yeah. than it used to be, but still attainable. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. <laughs> not too bad. All right, well, All thank right. you, That's Mr. Klein. That was great. That was great, thank man. Uh, lots to think about there. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Mr. Loman, give us something else to think about, buddy. Yeah, so um, we had a, uh, a titan of jazz pass away at 89. Oh, man, yeah. Wayne Shorter, um, incredible uh, saxophonist, but really will be remembered, I think, more as a composer. Just wrote an unbelievable... He had a, this amazing style of uh, writing jazz songs, Some of, um, you know, many of which became standards, but honestly, a lot of them are kind of scary to play because... <laughs> scary the, uh, Yeah, they're scary to play because they're hard. Oh, um, okay. You know, you look at the, you look at the chord symbols... And even though the melody might seem simple, the, you, you look at the chord symbols and you're like, huh, this isn't what the chords normally do. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah. So in, in jazz, we call them chord changes. Like, do you know the changes? Mm-hmm. Well, it, uh, when it was a Wayne Shorter song, my, 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 my old guitar teacher taught me, he's like, we call those wanges. <laughs> the wanges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know the wanges? Because like they just that. don't make... They don't make sense at first if you like study because he kind of broke all the rules. Oh, and okay. and cool. sort of he's kind of like the main architect of modern jazz. And as as far as I uh, am concerned, a lot of people that I like to listen to now and that we all like to listen to that are doing stuff now are super dependent on the doors that Wayne Shorter broke the down. The wanges, <laughs> wanges, big time, you know. And also just dynamics. I'm going to play a bunch of clips now. So let's Sweet. start with this is uh, actually the first two clips are from the same year, but the first one is from him with he's he was in Art Blakey and the Messengers, yeah. And this is a tune that he wrote for that band called Free for All.
Damn. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Ooh, th- funky. Those are those are not the kind of chord changes that you can be like, oh, I'll figure it out as I go along. <laughs> you no, know, that, that bass at the beginning too was like, what is yeah. going on? Yeah. So, I mean, the pockets there and everything, mm-hmm. it's swinging. Oof. But you gotta really know the song. You gotta really know and un- understand the wanges. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm gonna play. Hey, I'm just gonna jump right into another clip. This is cool. again. This is the same year, but this okay. is not with this is not with our Blakey. This is very interesting mm. um, historically. This is from his album Juju. Mm. What's cool about this record, though, is that it's basically John Coltrane's quartet, oh. but with Wayne Shorter playing. So this is Alvin okay. Jones, uh, Reggie Workman, McCoy Tyner. Yeah, yeah, it's heavy. And this is actually this is maybe my favorite Wayne Shorter song. Um, the, I, before I before we play it, I literally woke up the morning that I heard he died, thinking like, and I told you I had like a kind of a chill. I was like, maybe maybe I'll work on yes or no. You know, like, oh, maybe I'll like serious? bang out the chords for yes or no on the on the keyboard and see if I can do it because I'm I'm getting there. Like I feel like I'm getting there. Nice. So this is the yes. This is the song yes or no. I just I love this song. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, is that how you hear it? I mean, well, you're correct in that it's a, it is an AABA form. Okay, maybe that's what I'm hearing. Uh, 32 bars. Um, some of the some of Wayne Shorter's songs, and I, I'll play you one more uh, after this, but they're not like normal form, or at least they don't feel like normal but form. Th- there's just okay. a couple chords in there that have that that like leading tone that mm. you get used to in rhythm changes, but then it goes right. to someplace very very different. Mm-hmm. Right. Actually, it's interesting you bring that up. Because I'm gonna, um, I actually have my electric keyboard Uh-oh. set up. Oh, snap! Yeah, demo. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. If, let's see. Um, you guys hear this? Mm-hmm. You hear mm-hmm. Lovely. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that song. Uh, Late night. Yes or no? With yeah. Love. Yeah. This is called. Come here, baby. Oh, yeah. Hand me that one. Straight there. and double. <laughs> Yeah, you know we just we just relaxing out here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, anyway, Got my cabassier right. ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, with the lady. Sorry. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. <laughs> so that song, yes or no? I, I this is a great example of wanges because you have this 
D that's pedaling in the bass like this. So that's happening. Okay. Boom, three, four, one, two, three, four. And then on top, the McCoy Tyner is playing basically variations of an A minor seven chord, which sounds like this. But D, the bass note, is not in this chord. You know, so you put them together. It's like, yeah. And then McCoy can kind of like, he can mess around with all these different sure. versions of that other chord. But this is, this is constant, right? And then he keeps the low D, and he, but he changes the higher structure stuff to uh, this kind of sound. So the first chord sounds like this. And the second chord is actually a D major 7. Which is really cool for improvising. Mm -hmm. You can like build an idea off of the first chord and then kind of repeat it, but with that little twist yeah. to make it fit into that second chord, which is just, a, it's like adjacent mm -hmm. to the first chord. So you're putting it in context, it's like a... goes to the which I kind of messed up but that's fine <laughs> the point is the, the point well, is the you, first yeah, thank you. yeah but the uh, so that like yeah. mutation yeah you know with the pedal underneath it, that's cool yeah because it would be one thing if the bass no moved two that uh -huh. would be more kind of traditional Anyway, I, I, I found, though, in listening to his music, that he does that a lot. And that he does that a lot in the melody, where he kind of states it once, mm -hmm. and then the chord changes, and then he like, repeats it again, but it's a slightly skewed version of the first way. Nice. You nice. Know, so. Do you think that that's a reflection upon like how he composes as a player? Like, he, like did he write, do you know how he wrote? I don't know how he wrote, but I know he has a quote that is improvising is composing sped up and composing mm. is improvising slowed down, you know, so. Okay, so. Yeah, like, very, yeah. When you were saying, like, this is so much fun to play over top of, like, I mean, it, it, that kind of makes oh, sense. Oh, I right? mean, he, he, he clearly, I mean, he liked, he, he, wrote, he wrote chord changes that, that he, he wanted, wanted to play over top he of. wanted to play over. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and, yeah. also, yeah. and also maybe to hear Fred, like, I want to hear how Freddie Hubbard would play over this because that's the guy on the session tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, or uh, Lee Morgan, you know, he, he played with, you know, so he got uh, to play with Miles for a lot of time, a lot mm -hmm. of years. Mm -hmm. um, and his stature in the group was with Herbie Hancock, mm -hmm. Tony Williams, and Ron Carter, like mm -hmm. the second great quintet. Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, probably haven't gotten to that point in the book yet. But I have that's, not. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you just, have Miles you know, is basically stealing all of Wayne Shorter's songs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> basically, Wayne Shorter is kind of running the band at this point. Um, but this song is tight. This song. No, I'm, called, I'm where Miles is running uh, Bird's Band. I'm, that's where I am. Right. Okay. Yeah. He's there just you go. just about fed up. So. Yeah. Well. You can see then why he... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the passing of the torch. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a, a really cool song called uh, Pinocchio. Mm -hmm. 
crazy head, man. That's yeah. a crazy melody. Yeah. It's f- weird. <laughs> yeah. But it makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. In only the way that he could make it make sense. He sort of had this re- really amazing way of resolving stuff that was not like... I don't know. It, it, it wasn't like wrapped in a beautiful little bow. It was more just right. like, that's my statement, man. Right. right. Yeah. You right. know, like, go do, go think about it. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, like, if, and you're just like, I I had a compilation of the, that Miles era. And each song, I was like, I don't know what the hell, you know, to even think about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just kept, yeah. I just, I had it, I had the CD in my car, you know, I just kept listening to it and listening to it. And now I'm like, now I really go back to those tunes and I'm studying them. I'm like, oh, okay, that's why this works. And da da da. That's yeah. awesome. Man. So, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But so Wayne Shorter definitely opened my ear up a lot. And that's not even talking about his time in Weather Report mm. with Jacob Astorius. Yeah. That's right. Um, so I'm and, gonna leave and, you. And yeah. and uh, Billy Cobham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, although I'm not sure if Billy was at the same time. Because but they, they both that. played in Weather Report. Yes, yeah. A lot of people played in Weather Report. Okay. Omar Hakim played in Weather Report. But like the classic lineup of Jocko, Wayne Shorter, Joe Zawinol, um, and it was it Peter Erskine on drums? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That band is kind of uh, not to be effed with. <laughs> and um, so I found this cool live clip of Black Market from 1978. I think I'm going to... Cl- pass it along to jay because i I know we've been going for a while but we can talk about wayne shorter for hours hell yeah you know just a titan uh, not an unexpected passing but still kind of just like you know take gives you a moment gives you pause take a moment to reflect on just how massively influential he was on my ear and just my you know he was a he had a buddhist mentality like he was he was a buddhist and shared those thoughts a lot in interviews, and he was very close with Herbie Hancock, who was also Buddhist. You know, I think he'll be remembered for a lot of different things. Uh, yeah. So here you go. This is a uh, Wayne Shorter with uh, Weather Report in 1978, just kicking ass. <laughs> Chester Thompson. Oh, that's great, man. Jocko's gonna go climb a tree. Thank you so much, Greg Van, for that uh, that tribute. Oh yeah, yeah, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. No one better to uh, to 
put it together than yourself. Hey, well, listen, you know, I know he's got a lot of fans out there just trying to, you know, trying to spread spread the light, you know, and yeah, thank I know you for that. There's a lot of people who would listen to this music if they just kind of knew a little more about it. I know sure. for me, it was like I had to dig before I found the stuff that really. I've never spoke gone on me. a Wayne, Wayne Shorter kick until this past week. Bro, it's like it's yeah. crazy. It, it, you know, his stuff is so good. And um, yeah. well, I appreciate you pointing out what to listen for. To be honest, because as a drummer, that's where my ear goes first, dude. and then sometimes I don't make it past that. So no doubt. Well, but he played with the best drummers, man. Go yeah. listen to the Art Blakey stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, Art yeah. Blakey's like. Yep. We don't talk about him enough, but Mm-mm. Jesus, yeah. you know, he's like John Bonham of, of jazz. Or him, <laughs> him and Elvin Jones are kind of, to me, like the, I don't think I'd rather hear, I mean, eh, it goes on and on. Tony Williams, <laughs> of course, you know. Yep, Tony Williams, yep. But there's, there's a, okay, those are three drummers that are right there, I, I'm, if they're on the record, I'm, I'm happy, because yep, I can sure. just listen to them, no matter what everybody sure. else is doing, I can just mm-hmm. listen to them and be like, all right, I'm good. Yep. <laughs> good. All so right. Anyway, I'm there in. you have it. There you go. No Thanks, doubt. Man. Well, thank you again, uh, Mr. Greg. Um, You're very okay, keep us sad. I'm, sad. I'm, yeah, I'm sad to say that uh, I get to talk about another guy that sadly passed away last week. Um, a little bit less known than Mr. Shorter, but uh, uh, it was a, a titan in his own little sphere. I'm talking about a guy named David Lindley. Mm-hmm. Um, and David was a really cool guy. He's a guy that if you are into... Americana, roots music, or Zydeco, or country, or slide guitar, or those kind of things, which I really am. Mm-hmm. Um, he just crops up everywhere. He played. He played with just about everyone. An amazing multi instrumentalist. Um, played just about everything, but was really renowned and kind of made his you know cut his teeth playing um, slide guitar. And if you guys have heard him, I you have heard him, I should say. But you may not have known that you've heard him before. Um, The song that everyone has heard him on before, but you may not have known, is this classic track right here. Mr. David Lindley there cutting yeah. the solo at wow. live at Meriwether Post Pavilion with our right. with Greg's friend Jackson Brown. That's, That's right. Ah right. <laughs> oh, man, didn't even recognize him. Mm, um, right. No, nope. he remembers uh, you though. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, who was that idiot? <laughs> that guy's pitch, man, was really so good. Yeah, yes. he really so good. I mean, he's you know, I I mean yeah. he he like I said, he's played on. A, Everybody's records from Bonnie Raitt, Warren Zevon. I, I know him because he played on a bunch of Rye Cooter records. Mm-hmm. Um, he just played on a lot of... And every time you hear him, he's just got... You know, with slide slide guitar, it's all about your pitch and vibrato. And he's got all of that in spades. He just... There's not a bum note in there. Yeah. Like he, mm-hmm. it's just He's just so great. And not only that, like he was really good on a bunch of different instruments. I had this 
clip pulled up of him playing this Grateful Dead song, New Minglewood Blues, and he okay. plays it on an 11-string fretless oud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just incredible. I mean, you'd think he'd be, you'd think he was a master of the oud. But right. every time you every time you see him live in concert, if you pull up David Lindley on YouTube, you'll see him playing a different instrument, a different right. stringed instrument every single time, and he plays well, it masterfully. They say uh, they, they started calling him a maxi instrumentalist instead of a multi instrumentalist. A maxi instrumentalist. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, <laughs> nice. But um, yeah, so I just I I wanted to tip my cap to Mr. David Lindley. Um, mm-hmm. Great guy. I did have one more clip to play, and this kind of, as I was getting clips ready for tonight, like I said, I was going to play that Minglewood Blues, but mm-hmm. then I, I ran across this, him playing this cover of a, a Warren Zevon tune, and it's just him solo acoustic. And I had heard of the Zevon tune. I've heard like other people, like Bruce Springsteen, I think in an interview, called out this particular song, Indifference of Heaven which is off of Warren Zevon's 1995 album, Mutineers. And I went back and listened to the Warren Zevon uh, song, and I was like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you hear an artist reinterpret a song, yeah. it takes on new meaning and new yeah. gravitas, and then you see what a brilliant song that really is. And I think that's the case in, the, in this particular example, because when you hear Lindley play this, like, Tonight I was listening to it and brought a tear in my eye. I mean, it's, oh. it's just a beautiful interpretation. So this is this is David Lindley acoustic playing um, Warren Zevon's song "Indifference of Heaven." So, guys, I had a whole other funny bit, but I think I'm just going to leave that for next week. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah well, okay. We've reached an hour. All right. I talked about David Lindley. 
That turned out way better We're than leaving I thought. with tears? <laughs> Happy I mean, tears. Happy okay. tears. Okay. All right. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. You, you said that this guy might not be as well, as well known as Wayne Shorter. He might, he may have been heard more. It's possible. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what yeah. I mean? That Probably Jackson right. Brown song's got 11 million hits on the old Spotify there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was on the Forrest <laughs> Gump soundtrack. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when he's running around the country. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're going to leave it there. I can save okay. my bit for next weekend. I don't have any wor- homework to do. Perfect. Wow. All right. Oh, man. Yeah, we just got to, fingers crossed, that no one famous dies next week. Well, Jay right. wins the race to the, well, to now the that... first to get a bit. <laughs> yeah. And and now a bunch of famous people are going to die. Oh, yeah. no. No, oh. don't say that. <laughs> Jay, you did this. You did this. <laughs> it's on my hands. What can I say? Okay. Um, okay. Let's get out of here. Greg, why don't you tell the fine folks how to get in touch with us? Should they choose to do so, please, sir? You can find us online at youshouldcheckitout.com. Mm-hmm. Send us an email at ysciopodcast at gmail.com. Yep. You can find us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. Our Twitter handle is at shouldcheck. You can listen to us on You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, wherever podcasts are heard. Leave a review, and as always, tell a friend you should check it out. You Please should do. check it out. Please check it out. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Well, it's been a blast, boys. Believe it or not. Ooh, Keep talking, Jay. You should check it out. No, he's said talking. <laughs> it's been a blast being with you on this beautiful Thursday evening. I hope you all, you cats and kittens, are safe and warm, tucked in in your beds, listening to us on some nice headphones. We're going to leave you with some pensive music by Mr. Loman, and we'll see you back here same time next week.